124. 12. Mm. So, like the southern two quadrants would be the best half of my face. The southern two? <laughs> yeah, because half could be lateral or horizontal, or like vertical or horizontal. I'm saying the bottom horizontal half of my face is the best half of my face. <laughs> but now I can see it all. Have you thought about off. this before? Oh, I guess, yeah, without even realizing it. I think about it all the time. Yeah, I guess I, guess I have thought about it before. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, people is yeah, people do talk about like having a good side or a bad side. They do. You've got to show your good side to the camera. I'm more about ha- halves, I guess. You've got to show my good half. So just the chin, I suppose. I imagine that's quite difficult in certain photos. <laughs> yeah, to just have the chin feature. It is. You're not wrong, Mike. I've got to jump as the photo's been taken, but not jump too high. Yeah. So just the t- <laughs> nose and above is cut off. We're talking to Gus McDonald. Uh, Gus, he's one of the volunteers here today. Gus, thank you so much for helping, man. No worries at all. Thanks for having me. We couldn't do this project without you. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you. Oh, no worries. No problem. Last time we talked, we were talking about your your podcast and your project, Audio Drama. Yes. Um, Why don't you just give us a quick recap of that podcast and what you're doing? Okay. Uh, So These Stories Are Not Real is my podcast. It's a fiction podcast. It's a series of self-contained episodes. I've done one season of six kind of 15, 20 minute episodes. And, uh, and then after our chat last time, I started doing some shorter ones, some shorter I saw that. pieces that had mine I around, saw yeah. that and I like yeah. it. I like yeah. it a lot. How's that going for you? Oh, it's great. Uh, so I had a lot of these stories already, already prepared, uh, existing in various places. So it's not a lot of work, but appears to be a lot of work. You know what I mean? Like I've got, got regular updates on the feed, but not really uh, actually doing all that much for the stuff that's currently coming out and then I'm spending all my time doing the making new ones, which is a lot of fun. So they're just like three to five minutes fictional stories just kind of playing out a single concept. Um, there's one about uh, falling in love with someone in a lift. There's one about a man who tries to has, have an existential conversation with his Google Home, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, and just... Yeah, just seeing where, where the idea can go in a short period of time. So it's a bit more listenable for other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've asked you before about ideas mm. and where they come from. Yeah. Uh, what have you been cooking up recently? What's caught your eye? Um, uh, oh, what's caught my eye? A- anything in the past couple of days or weeks where you've gone, oh, that could be something, <laughs> just sparked something in you? Um. I was cleaning my room and which is maybe something I don't do enough. I was dusting and I was dusting my lamp and I thought, man, I haven't dusted my lamp in ages. If there was a genie in here, I really would have missed the boat for like a good like eight months kind of thing. So then I started thinking, oh, like what if a genie just popped out right now? What would my three wishes be? Yeah, okay. So that's one of the stories that's going to be coming out later. I wrote a bit of a script for it, I still got to like record it and edit and, and stuff. But yeah, I just thought it'd be an interesting concept of what, what genies are doing. How do they get assigned to lamps? Are they volunteers? Are they working for like a genie corporation? Is this, so you sort of from the genie perspective, you're thinking about this? Yeah, I think it would be like a conversation with the genie. But I, all my stuff is just my voice, but I do different like EQ on it and stuff nice. just because I don't have many 
uh, friends, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any friends who can help you with that's voice right. I don't have any. That's a more a better way of putting it. I, f- I feel you. I yeah. feel you. Um, okay, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, from your project, you know this 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 podcast you just put out from last year. Mm. It's fairly recent. Uh, I imagine you learnt so much stuff from putting it out, doing it yourself. Yeah. Maybe we can chat about some of those things that you learned. What are the big takeaways? It's going to sound like a sad place to start, but I think it's actually very empowering. Uh, one of my big takeaways is people don't care about my work as much as I care about my work. Yes. Which, like, oh, I've learned about, I've yeah. learned that the hard way too. <laughs> In theory. <laughs> Not about your work, about my work I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah, but no, it's true. Yeah, yeah, because I would spend you know like hours doing painstaking, like manual automation on stuff, and like like the tiniest little minutia that that I care about and think is really important. And uh, and before I'd put it out, I wanted it to be the most perfect thing that has ever existed. Mm. And because I was listening to it over and over and over again, I was just getting so desensitized to the actual story, and I was more f- focusing in on like little mouth clicks and um, like certain levels and stuff that ultimately didn't really matter because all the feedback I was getting was about the story or about yes. characters and yes. just like perspectives that I'd totally forgotten about because I was so obsessed with the smaller details, I guess. Mm. Mm. So that was a big takeaway. I learned a lot of technical stuff, um, just having to teach yourself like how to properly use EQ or compression yeah. Uh, yeah. is very different from a uni assignment when you just do it for like eight minutes at a time. Uh, I learned about how to use my voice a lot better. I think I was very, a very self-conscious voice actor, which is not a great thing to be when you're self-producing a fiction series. And as we were talking about before, don't have any friends who like to do voices. <laughs> so uh, that was something I definitely had to get better at. But now it's something I really enjoy doing, like reading a script that I've written yep. and like doing doing the writing justice is something I I. I'm aspiring to do, I guess. What are, what are your tips for when you're trying to record uh, fiction, mm. takes, delivery, reading? What yeah. are your tips for that? It's, uh, it's an interesting idea because that was something that evolved a lot. When I first started doing it, I would do, like I would try and read just a whole, the whole script through and then be like, oh, that was, think about it a bit and then read the whole script through again. But that is really, really unsustainable because it's almost impossible to edit to know which one was like a good take. So what I do now is like just do multiple versions of a line until I find one that I like and then delete all the other ones as I go. So I'm not caught at the end having to listen to five different versions of the same thing. Um, That's more, I guess that's more like a logistical thing. But in terms of delivery. Mm, But this is the thing. Workflow impacts output. Definitely. And so if you can change your workflow, mm. tighten that up, change how you do it, you're going to get a different result. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The delivery is hard because the best delivery is like in flow, like when you're moving with the, with the script. But then for post-production reasons, it sucks if you don't stop every time you do something bad and like redo it. So find, trying to find a balance between those two things is hard. But eventually it gets to a point where I've read the script so many times that I can just do it like without reading really. Yeah. Like it's so just kind of in my head. semi off by heart? Semi off by heart. Like the, like actually probably I could do word for word most of the first season ones. I've read them that many times. Really? Yeah. That's, that sounds like a weird, a weird flex. It's not meant to be. It's like not yeah. something that I want in my brain to be honest. But yeah, I, I guess 
familiarity with the script allows you to focus on the other more important parts of the, the delivery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice one. We're getting all the tips here with Gus McDonald. That's right. Hot tips. From these stories are not real. That's right. Now, you had some time off to work on this project. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's a new year. Yep. And, <laughs> and you've done the project. Mm. Uh, what's the plan? Well, yeah, I guess I, I'm kind of doing in between the first chapter of the project and the second chapter of the project in my head. Like it's kind of an interim season, I guess is what I'm doing with these shorter ones. So they're like three to five minutes. They're all about fun for me and hopefully for the listener as well. Uh, And then with, with a view of in the future, returning to the longer form series of episodes. Um, Yeah. Again, I think one of my takeaways has been that there's not a huge market or not a huge market that I'm able to access at least for this kind of work. And so my focus has gone from being, before I release it, being to create the most perfect thing that everyone loves. And it's now more like to create things that I enjoy and that hopefully through that other people will enjoy also. Mm. What do you mean there's no market for it? What are you talking about? Uh, I guess like in terms of raw stats, I'm not sure how to reach a wide enough audience where it would be like a sustainable career kind mm-hmm. of thing. I guess that's, that's what I mean by that. Yeah. Okay. So you, you but th- that's just a, num- that's just a, uh, your problem is time. I, I don't know. That, I think there's an audience there. I just, okay. I just think the challenge is time. Right. You know, um, you just want it now. I want yeah. it. Everyone wants it now. There's nothing wrong with the product. Like, yeah, it's more niche than, say, a general, you know, mm. Joe Rogan thing. Mm. Um, but there's definitely an audience there. Okay. You know, like I'm part – this is the example I give when we're talking about audiences is I'm part of a Facebook group called the $85 Jumbuck Spit Roast Society. Right okay. now, now, how many people have, do you think have this this device across Australia? It's only Australians. There are forty thousand oh people that are part of this group, and it gets hundreds of posts a day. People talking about, about their spit barbecue. roasting, about their barbecue. Wow! So don't tell me that there's a limited audience for your your pretty accessible, cool <laughs> fiction podcast. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You've just given me an exceptional idea for a new episode. Right? <laughs> Awesome. about barbecues <laughs> barbecues i'm telling you man make a piece yeah reference the jumbuck society post it in that group <laughs> okay. it will go off i'm telling you man nice. maybe i should just do lean more heavily on product placement or just make, make a thing. or just make a spit roast podcast yeah i don't know someone whoever does it it's gonna go off all because right. the audience is there all right anyway all right. i'll leave you with that thought okay thanks thank you so much for helping today no worries no it's, i, I it's really been, appreciate it's it. been my pleasure 